This is Unrefined, the podcast where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Hi there, story lovers. I'm Shannon. And I'm Camille. And this is our first real episode of Unrefined. Yay! Yay! So, Shannon, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today's subject is pretty specific because we're working with a very small pool of stories right now. And by that, I mean we only have our own stories to share, which we hope won't be the case forever. (laughs) But um, so today we have two stories that involve justice and bike theft. So, Camille, I think you're going to get us started. Does your story have a title? Yes, it does. It is called Blood is Thicker Than Friendship. So I'm going to take you back many, many years to the small town Shannon and I grew up in. I am the youngest of two girls. My sister is quite a bit older than I am. And she would have the responsibility of keeping tabs on me on the weekends occasionally, which um, I'm sure she did not enjoy at all. Because eight years is kind of a big difference when you're in sixth grade she was already a freshman in college. So it was like a real, we were always in very different phases of life. Um, So this one weekend, and I remember specifically it was a Sunday because there was a lot of church happening. Um, And if you're from a small town uh, like Shannon and I are, and you are in the the church scene, you go at least three times a week. I like that you called it a scene. Girl, it was a scene. It was the, it was the only social socialization we had. Besides Friday night football, but we went Wednesday nights and then we went Sunday in the morning. And then Sunday, I used to do handbells and then choir and then youth group. So Sundays were for the Lord. And plus I was Presbyterian. I couldn't be Baptist, even though the cutest boy went to the Baptist church, which was so unfair. He was just the cutest guy in our grade. Our grade. Sorry. Yes. Not like in the whole world. No. So... Sundays was was a a church day. I was there for most of the day. And when my parents were not at home, my sister was in charge of me. And so this day after church, I'd gone over to a neighbor's house. She lived catty corner for me. And it was, we all have that friend who has like more toys or the newer toys or the cool house or the, I mean, I remember her house had like a little bar area that we would play in. We'd play like restaurant in and it had a sunroom and then it had like a little um, like magical garden and uh, big walls around it and a big magnolia tree that you could play in. And then she had this awesome playhouse too. That was like specifically built for kids. It was, it was just an awesome place to go play. And so this Sunday we had been playing after church all day long. And then my sister came over and said, all right, Camille, you have to go to to church now. It's like time for choir or something. And um, I guess I was probably around 10, nine or 10 right now. And my sister said, okay, it's time to go. And I was like, God, she's such a B-I-T-C-H. And I'm sure I spelled it, but I'm a horrible speller. And so it was probably B-I-T-H or something. And my friend was like, yeah, she is a bitch. And I lost my mind because I cannot like my sister. 
I can wish for bad things to happen to her on a daily basis. I can accidentally poke her with a Colombian machete in the foot, which really happened. And she turned around and slapped me so hard. I thought my brain had been damaged. That was a fun day. But somebody else is not going to talk poorly about my sister. No way. Not going to happen. So as I'm getting ready to go to church, she goes and ends up leaving to go somewhere. And I told my sister I wasn't going to choir. I was going to stay home. And my sister was like, whatever, do whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care about you. You're adopted. Or I also got the gypsies left me on the, on the front porch, which what, like, when do you even see a gypsy unless you go to Augusta, North Augusta? Oh, I don't know. I know I was one for Halloween a couple times. Yes, we both were. And we'll get to yeah. that at some point. At some point. But I mean, you weren't actually adopted. No, no, I don't, right? I don't okay. think so. I, I look very much like my father. Um, yes. But so while my neighbor and her family were gone, I decided that revenge is sweetest served by stealing. <laughs> so <laughs> I went and I took her bike. She had just gotten a brand new bike and I hid it behind her playhouse. This, the mind of a child, I wasn't thinking what would happen a few hours down the line. I kind of just forgot about it. And later when I was at home, there was a knock on the door and it was the chief of police, which tells you how small our town was. The chief of police had come to help my neighbors because they had reported a stolen bike. Now, I don't know if they knew (laughs) I had stolen it and there was such little crime or nothing to do in our town that they were like, Come over and help us teach this little brat a lesson, chief of police. But he came over and uh, questioned me on the whereabouts of said bike. And I, of course, being a good Christian daughter, sweet angel, immediately lied to them and told them that I saw someone from behind the bushes steal it and drive away with it. So not only have I put myself at the scene... I I was in the bushes. I just happened to be hiding in the bushes. And I remember telling them this very clearly, like, oh, yeah, no, so weird. I was in the bushes. And this guy came up and he stole the bike. I think he put it behind the playhouse. He stole it, put it behind the playhouse. Yeah, as most thefts do. So anyway, um, needless to say, I was not booked. Um, They allowed me to return home once I told them the truth on the Lord's Day, no less. But I've uh, never, my family's never let me forget that story. Um, (laughs) Nor should they. (laughs) Nor should they. But don't talk shit about my sister, neighbor, or I'll take everything and I'll hide it behind (laughs) something you already own. Bitch. Needless to say, it. we were we were still friends after that. Um, so no harm, no well, foul. I guess. I don't know why they had to get the cops involved. Jeez. You know, it's to think about our town and what could have been happening. 
I mean, maybe it's like, you know, maybe, I don't even know. I don't want to say it was like, oh, a wealthy person has a problem. Her poor daughter's crying over a bike. Well, that might be that true. Might be closer to the could, truth true, than anything. Right? <laughs> Possibly. So, oh, yeah, gosh. that was one of my many brushes with the law before age 14. Uh, well, I liked it. Thank I, you. You know what I like the most about it? <laughs> what? Is that you used theft to seek justice against someone for saying something nasty about your sister, which is like, yeah. I think, very endearing. What? And, else? Yeah, it was very and sweet unexpected. about yeah. it. Yeah. Very sweet. And I don't think she, I don't think my sister has ever really thanked me for. Well, I think she should. I was Come like on. very chivalrous. I was standing up to her. I was, I was protecting her honor, even though she had previously, you know, told a girl that wanted to fight her, come on my property. Cause if you're on my property, you're trespassing. I'll kick your ass. Um, Oh, there was another time too, that we had a lot of bats in our attic and my dad, there was a baby bat that fell out of the attic. And my sister went to my dad and said, can I have a BB gun and ran out <laughs> and just point blank, start pat, 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 pat into the little bat. And I remember thinking this bitch is tough and I'm never going to mess with her. She is again. tough. I yeah. was always a little afraid of her because she's tiny, but she is so like she's pretty so and she's tiny and she's also strong and mighty. And, yeah. and I, I think most everyone in my nuclear and extended family um, would be fine following her into battle as long as she went first, because there would not be much left after after her wake. So Shannon, I've shared my story where I used bike thievery to seek justice against someone for slandering my innocent, sweet, delicate sister. Uh, but I understand that you have a story that is a little different. Yep, that's right. Um, the title of my story kind of explains the situation maybe a little bit too well. Um I call it that time we repoed our own stolen property from a guy with a teardrop tattoo on his face. <laughs> and so. that's the story. It's a, it's a long one. It's a bit of a spoiler, but, um, but that's I'm, what I'm calling it. I, I cannot wait. Does everyone live? Can I just know that first so I can relax? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Every, All right. Everyone lives as okay. far as I know. Okay. Uh, but before I get into the repoing part, I need to tell you a little bit about our garage break-in. Okay. Okay. So I live in Indianapolis and throughout the year we get different types of um, motor races at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that's where they run the Indy 500. We get some NASCAR. That's the triangle. That's the triangle car, right? The Indy 500? Yeah. The Indy cars are kind of, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot about sports. I think they, they, they don't look like a real car, like a NASCAR does. No, it's like a you know? big, the big wheels and they, like a nose that goes down. Yeah. Like a, a beak. Yeah. It's the beak racing. Yeah. Beak racing. Indy 500. If you're looking for someone to call the shots during one of those really great races, you found your gal beak racing. 
Yeah, they're going to call us, I'm sure. So anyway, this weekend was MotoGP, which was a motorcycle race. And my husband was super excited about it. He's really Because he's like, he's, I don't want to say obsessed, because I feel like that's not my word to use about your man. But he loves them, right? Yeah, he's really into motorcycles and scooters and mini bikes. And obsessed is probably not the wrong word to use because he's a collector and like he just collects things. He gets into something and he's got to have all the stuff. Yeah. So, um, but he's always been really, ever since I've known him, at least he's really been into the scooters and the motorcycles and stuff. And he's really good at modifying modern bikes and restoring old bikes. So he'll buy like a stock model and then just add all this stuff onto it. And this weekend he was headed to a Honda dealer to pick up a new mini bike that was called a Honda Grom. And it was brand new. He'd been on a waiting list for it. And it was one of the very first ones even sold in the state. And he was, you know, super giddy and rode that bike all over town that weekend to all the MotoGP events. So that's that's and, kind of setting the scene for the weekend. And just so you know, um, Grom, I was very interested because that name makes me think of little surfers. But it also makes me, I was like, there's got to be something about that. And it's um, the, a nickname in Polish or Slovenian for uh, thunder crashing or loud noise. So I wonder if that has anything to do with like the power of a gram or like how it thunder. It could. I think I sent you a picture of that. You did. And it's good looking. Yeah, it's hot. It's a sexy bike. I think it looks, they look like wasps kind of. (laughs) Again, Indy 500 or motorcycle (laughs) monthly, we are available for any um, like descriptions or racing. It does look like a wasp. It looks like um, kind of a dirt, like a small one, a souped up dirt bike, like a dirt bike, but like, like a slick looking and the tires are smaller than like a regular dirt bike. But yeah, it's a nice modern looking bike. Yeah. Nice suspension. It's got, I think yeah, that's what I, those are. I don't know what that means, but it's the I big, think you're right. The big gold thingies that make the wheel go up and down. Oh, like the shock things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So Monday morning after a weekend of racing events. I'm getting ready for work and my husband heads out to take our kid to school and within like seconds he's back in the house and he's calling for me to come outside and he's he just sounds off like he's a very laid back guy and I could just tell something was wrong by his voice Uh, and he was frantic he said that someone had broken into the garage and stolen his bikes and sure enough plural bikes Bikes. Yeah, we had more. We had probably four in there at the time, um, and two of them were stolen. Someone had somehow gotten this old window open and had shimmied inside and opened the big garage door, and they just took out what they could. Yeah, at the time, we had maybe four bikes, and the two that were stolen were the brand new one, the white Grom, mm. and this really cool old vintage um, Honda CT70 that he had restored from like nothing. And that was his show bike, which was pretty much irreplaceable. And I think I sent you a picture of you that You did. One it is too. beautiful. It's a beautiful bike. Is yeah, and, and that's his? That's the actual yeah. picture of his? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like cherry red. It is everything on it is, is just pristinely, I don't want to say, they don't say renovated. What do you say? 
restored. There we go. Thank you. And I think it's, it might look red in the picture. It's actually kind of like a burnt orange color. Oh, okay. I can see that as well. But um, that one was gone. And that one was really the one he was most heartbroken over because you can't really replace that. He had done so much work on it and added so many pieces to it that it would just be rebuilding it from the ground up. And that would be really hard to do. So they stole that one and mm. he was bummed. Um, but they also stole other things. I think they got like an air compressor and a bunch of tools from the garage. So we did what we could. We worked with the police and we turned our garage into Fort Knox, made the windows stronger, replaced the door. We did everything we could to make the things in there more safe. Um, did you Did you feel unsafe in your house? A little. Our garage is detached. Okay. We live in an older home and in this neighborhood, most of the garages are detached. So I didn't feel like violated in the way I would if someone if had come your into home. an attached garage to my home. Um, yeah. But it is, it was weird. Just, you know, you go in there and you're like, people were in here and they shouldn't have been in here. They We had one other bike that wasn't stolen and it was big and they had tried to get it out, but it was too heavy to lift and they weren't able to get it between our cars. So when we went in that morning, the bike was wedged between our cars, which was just, you know, when something's out of place like that and you know, someone has been in your space, it's just unsettling and it is, strange. Yeah. But um, we just figured that they were gone and we would probably never see these bikes again. But a couple of months went by and I'm at home on a Friday afternoon And my husband comes home early and I don't know what's going on. And he gets a little worked up. And so when he gets excited about something, it's a little hard to follow him. (laughs) But um, ultimately, he he pulls his phone out and he shows me this picture. And someone has sent him a photo of his CT-70. And like eventually I figure out um, someone has spotted it and sent him this picture. There has to be people all over the city randomly that know about his work or have seen the bikes. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's pretty well known in that community. And it's a tight-knit community, so if something stolen, word gets around. And a friend of a friend of his had been out, I think he was working, and he was in his work truck or something, and he saw the bike outside of this random house leaning against a fence, and he recognized it. And uh, he, I didn't know this until I checked in with Alan before we we recorded today. And he said that the guy actually stopped his work truck and talked to the people <gasps> and was asking him about it without giving away the fact that he knew it was stolen. Right. And he took a picture of it just because he thought it, he they thought he thought he, it looked interesting or something. So the guy texted the picture in the address of the house where he saw it to my husband's friend. And then the friend sent it to my husband. So we had an address, which was crazy. And there was absolutely no question. This was absolutely his CT 70. So my husband's already collecting the paperwork and I'm thinking I should probably go with him just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case, (laughs) just in case he has to, I don't know, interact with anyone and try to communicate. (laughs) He's going to kill me, but I mean, he's not going to kill me, but he is going to give me a hard time for saying that. Um, So we drove to this house and it was only a few miles away from our house. And as we're coming up to the house, it was sitting on a corner and we were turning right to kind of drive along the side of the house. And is this neighborhood like just a regular neighborhood? Is it a little... Is it on the sketchy side or is it someplace that you normally 
would pass through? I would say it's it's not on our like route. Like we wouldn't have any reason to go by that house unless we were taking our dog to the groomer at that time because it was kind of down that road. It wasn't like a bad neighborhood or anything, but it was like the bad house in the good neighborhood. Oh yeah. I probably would you know? have wanted to date somebody there. Well, I know someone who lives there. <laughs> yeah, cindy has got a uh, he's, got a, tattoo. he's got a face tat. So, <laughs> so we're pulling up and as we're pulling up, there's also a minivan at the side of the house and there's all these people outside of the house. And it was very strange. And the minivan is pulling away from the curb as we're turning. And the people outside of this house are like yelling at the van and slapping on the windows of this van. And we're like, what the heck is going on here? It wasn't like a slap, like, all the doors are shut. Have a good trip. It was like they were beating, beating. Yeah, on like the- beating on the windows of this minivan like they're mad at it or the- mad at the people inside. So we're not as concerned with that because we're looking at the fence and the side of the house. And you can tell this is absolutely the house where that bike had been earlier that day. It, it matched everything in the picture, but the bike wasn't outside anymore. So we're creeping by this house. These angry people probably think we're crazy and we're just driving around a little bit. I'm on the phone with the police telling them that we know where the bike is, but that it isn't outside anymore. And they're telling me they probably can't do anything unless we have eyes on it. And so we're like, well, what are we going to do? And we've done a couple of loops at this point. These people definitely think we're weird, but we're like, okay, we're going to do one last pass before we go home. And That last time we drove by the house, there were three police cars parked outside. So whatever had been going on when we first pulled up with that minivan had resulted in somebody calling the police. Yeah, this is not not from y'all. It's from the accosting the Chrysler Plymouth or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, that minivan. The Voyager. So we we kind of drove past the house and pulled over to the side and called one of the police officers over and we're telling him about the photo of the bike from earlier in the day and he he doesn't care at all but then we're like <laughs> but we have all the paperwork from um the incident report the theft and all of that and he's like oh okay and ultimately he um he went and he looked in the rundown garage of this house because we asked him to which was Maybe the best thing he could have done for us. So we weren't too upset with him. But um, he goes into this old garage and he wheels our bike out. It was just like, oh my gosh, there it is. So, so he had. I was excited. Sorry. I didn't. I'm so sorry to interrupt. But did, was the Grom okay. there as well? No, it wasn't there. But his, I could t- his baby was there. And that was. Yes. That was the most important one. The the Grom, we ended up handling through insurance and he just got a new one. I mean, he only had it for three days anyway, so yeah. it wasn't like he had even had a chance to do much to it. So there wasn't anything extra on it. But um, so the cop wheels this bike out of the garage and they're over there looking at it. He's got the paperwork trying to find the VIN and he ends up coming to get Alan because uh, he can't find it. It's been painted a lot, so it was very faint and they had to he had to show him where it was but the guy with the teardrop tattoo on his face was like i didn't know it was stolen and we were like Uh yeah you did he said that he had gotten it from his brother-in-law who we think was actually this other sketchy guy who was also driving in circles around the neighborhood with in a truck with a bunch of lawn mowers in the back so i think that he knew it was stolen but he said 
if it's stolen, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. And you can take it right now if you want. And the police officers just kind of shrugged and were like, okay. And so that's what we did. Um, I drive a Honda element, which is like the toaster oven of utility vehicles and you can fit a scooter in the back of it. And so we, we got them to help us lift it up and we stuck it in the back of the car and we just, we drove away. So we repoed our own stolen bike. You two are the antithesis of Bonnie and Clyde. You're like law abiding Bonnie and Clyde that solve crimes and don't commit them. Yeah, that's, you're not like them at all, basically. So we take things back from thieves. That's right. That's right. That must have been very empowering. It was unbelievable. Um, I think we were just so surprised. It was a little scary. Have you seen those people around ever again? I wouldn't know. I really, I don't think I'd recognize them. Just the teardrop tattoo. Too many people in Indianapolis have those. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty ballsy though. I think you, you two make a good team. It was like the, the frantic energy and the, the calm focused energy that you have yeah we're kind of like we're kind of like that yeah so that's my story well i'm i'm glad that you were able to find justice but everyone was safe and you didn't end up in some meth lab like me too okay (laughs) very glad that didn't happen (laughs) yeah it's not good for your skin apparently Oh, or your teeth. Teeth. I was just going to say. <laughs> True. I was thinking we could wrap the show maybe with a segment I'm I'm calling Unrefined Confessions. What do you think? Should I we love, give it a shot? Uh, yes. I think that, you know, we should give a little little piece out there and, and maybe somebody will find the strength to confess their, their unrefined confessions to somebody. I think we're just going to give give them the strength and power. So I guess I'll start with that. Um, so my unrefined confession today is that I I love basic mayo. It is my favorite condiment and I love it. Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. You love basic mayo. There's no such thing as basic mayo, though. Like ha- Dukes or Dukes Hellman's. or Hellman's. Okay. Because like, those I don't are want- not basic. Correct. I mean, they're not generic. Right. But it's also not like aioli or whatever. Right. Now, I love a good like garlic lemon zest aioli. I'm just now able to eat mayonnaise for the longest time. If it was in like potato salad or something like like a dip, I could eat it. But we had a friend and her mom would make us sandwiches and they would have so much mayonnaise on them that I still can't think about them when you squish a sandwich and it has mayonnaise on it i'm getting better though that's the best like i I can't (laughs) you're like ah lick the edges some extra dip it in i don't even like sandwiches unless they have mayonnaise on them Um, they're just too dry otherwise i think but true i feel like i've already confessed this i love butter i love it so much um I could eat it by the stick and sometimes late at night I will dip the stick in sugar 
Ooh, I like it. And I will eat it like a popsicle because that's healthy and normal. And I'm blushing talking about this. <laughs> um, so obviously it is a good uh, confession. But yeah, I will I will dip it in sugar and I will gnaw, gnaw on it like a little fat dairy obsessed squirrel. Well, that's completely allowed in keto, I think. So oh, you're oh, you're totally fine. Oh my God, I'm healthy. I'm like actually extra healthy. Yeah, I love butter too. I get I get it. I used to put it on saltine crackers for no mm. reason. Oh no, that's <laughs> a very good reason. I need to test it every time I use it to make sure it's good. I think I really just wanted Ritz crackers and I just had saltines. And so I thought if I put butter on it, maybe it'll be like a Ritz. (laughs) Makes sense. Guys, you can't stop listening to this magic that we are giving you right now. Okay. Insight. Tricks. uh, Snacks. Snacks. Crime fighting. This show has it all. It does. Has it all. So that about does it for today's show. We plan to release new episodes every Monday. So if you like the show and want to support us, make sure to subscribe and download new episodes every week. We mentioned it earlier in the show, but we've um, uncovered a design flaw in our format. Uh, We only have a limited number of stories between the two of us, so we really need you to share some stories with us if we want to keep doing this. So to all my introverts out there, you can submit a story and remain completely anonymous. You can submit written stories and we'll just read them. And to the extroverts, you can do whatever you want. You can... um, Tell your story yourself or submit a written one. You can all visit our website, unrefinedpod.com, for information about sharing your stories. But that's about it for now. Until next time, keep those stories coming.